0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney in Lakeland. To call into the show, the number is 863 682 1430. That's 863 682 1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863 688 2389. That's 863 688 2389. My office is conveniently located at 904. 904- South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland, that's directly behind the old Southside dry cleaners, that is on South Florida Avenue. If you don't know where that's at, then you're probably not from Lakeland anyway, because that thing has been there for, that business has been there for at least 50, 60 years. And it's easy to find. I'm directly behind them. Today, we have a special guest uh, on the show, Dr. Martha Santiago, who is one of our county commissioners. Doc, you there?
1: I am here. Can you hear me well?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and we're still having some people call in for being guests on the show because it just makes it easier. And I, I know you have somewhere to be later on, so uh, we're going to try to hit several issues right off the bat. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate that very much, and I'm always a pleasure to be on your show, uh, Tony, and and to share uh, some updates with the with your with your uh, listeners.
0: I appreciate that because typically most of the listeners that we have for this particular program are right here in Lakeland, and some some of it's Polk County in general, but it's generally Lakeland, and it's it's kind of the heart of the county. So um, going back to some of the things that have happened since you've been a county commissioner, uh, one of the first things that y'all dealt with was at one point in time there was a movement amongst a lot of different counties uh, to declare themselves Second Amendment Sanctuary Counties. And Polk, Polk was one of them, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
1: Yeah, that, that's correct. That's uh, something that was uh, brought up. We noticed that other counties were also doing it. And uh, being that all the five commissioners are Republican, and we believe wholeheartedly in the Second Amendment, we decided to uh draw up a resolution uh, stating that Polk County was a Second Amendment sanctuary county. I'm, I'm very proud of that movement that we did.
0: Well, that's fantastic. and and, uh, any of our listeners know that I'm a very staunch advocate for the Second Amendment has been i definitely portrayed on the program many times over, including my presentations concerning what's lawful and not lawful, uh, as it would relate to self-defense as well as concealed carry. And, and it means a lot to me that our county took the you know, it was one of the for, in the forefront to be able to do something like that. Um, it's a resolution. But at the same time, it says we, as a county, um, are very much an advocate in favor of Second Amendment rights for people. It, it, and that's kind of what I think the general gist was, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that, that is correct. Um, we, like you, I am definitely a Second Amendment uh, believer. I I, I I do have my concealed weapon, and I do. Uh, have um, the training that is needed for that, and I, and I think you know, looking at situations that have gone around the county, even more so, I believe that that we should be uh, fighting for our second amendment and continue to promote that in every which way to where we can. So we, we, we meeting the county commissioners for me specifically found that a resolution would be uh, the right move uh, for our county to to make sure that people understand. Yeah, we mean business with our Second Amendment, uh, uh, Sanctuary County, and, and we're going to definitely protect that amendment.
0: Um, some of the other things that have occurred, and you've been on the show before, and we've talked about different things concerning the county during those those times. Since you were on the show last time, there's also been no additional shutdowns of the county. Is that is that correct?
1: Absolutely, Tony. Totally. We, uh, you know, again, I, I watched. The news all the time, especially Fox News. That's basically my source of news. And seeing what's going around in our nation and other um, states and other cities where uh, they continue to shut down, and that's so devastating for the business uh, population. And, you know, the county commissioners, we have definitely said no more shutdowns. We did it when we had to uh, with the hopes of, of stopping or we don't stop the COVID because there's no way of stopping that, but to reduce the number of COVID. And we did it for the six weeks that we had to do it. But after that, we, we said no more. Well, we're, yeah. we're just not going to do it. It's, it's devastating for our county.
0: Well, and that was very much in line with Governor DeSantis's position as well, if I'm not mistaken.
1: A- absolutely. And I, I must say, I admire his stance and, and that and in many other places because Florida, the state of Florida, has been able to flourish, and Polk County has also. Our business community have um, emailed me and other commissioners saying, thank you so much for not doing that. We don't have a problem with abiding by the different uh, measures that we have to abide by, but please don't shut down the economy. And that's exactly what we did. We did not do that.
0: Well, and, and these other places that have shut down their their areas again, and, and we all know where they are, they are killing their own economies, and people are leaving from those places in droves. A lot of them are coming down here to Polk County and, and other places in Florida.
1: I, I agree with you, and I, I, I don't know how these states and these counties and these cities and these towns are going to make it with the fact that they've had to uh, do so many shutdowns and, and yes, they're coming to Florida, and maybe that, that's why we're having such a tremendous uh, overnight growth in, in the state of Florida, as well as in Polk County. There's estimated that fifty-two to 60,000 um, uh, people move to the, to, to the state. Yeah. Um, every, every day, well, it's, it's, it's well, unbelievable the growth that's happening.
0: And I end up going around the state quite a bit for gun shows that I go to, and a lot of people understand and know that. And it's amazing when I'm in these other communities, and specifically here in Polk County as well, how many plates I see from New York, Michigan, California. And one of the first comments I make to folks when I see or talk to them that I know from they're from those places the first thing I tell them is, I said, just don't New York my Polk County, okay? <laughs> and I think most of them get the understanding that they're welcome to come here, but don't start in trying to impose the very mess they left from where they left. Come here,
1: Tony. That's that's hilarious because I hear that so much from so many people. Yeah. Yes, they say we welcome you. So we'll welcome you wholeheartedly to Polk County, to the state of Florida, and Polk yeah. County. But don't come here to change our our county, and yeah. don't come here to change our state. We're well, we're headed in the right direction,
0: Doctor. We got to go to a break, and I'll look forward to talking to you more after the break. You've been listening to Talk uh, uh, Radio fourteen thirty a.m. and ninety six point seven FM. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host Tony Dodds. To call into the show, we. The number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. We have a special guest today, Dr. Santiago, who is one of our county commissioners. Doc, we were talking about before the break that there had been no additional county shutdown uh, as a result of COVID, but you, we also as a county received... Uh, some federal funding based on that shutdown uh, that had been designated actually quite some time ago, did we not?
1: Yeah, we received two kind of fundings. We received the COVID funding that was uh, appropriated when we were in the middle of COVID back in 2020. And then in 2021, we received the ARP money, which is uh, monies for recovery, And that's the money that we're still working with and trying to um, find the best ways to work with our county. Um, Tony, one of the things that we did with that money, with the uh, ARP money, as it's well known, is that we're working on a lot of infrastructure projects. You know, we just talked about how many people are moving to Polk County and and how the effect of the growth is is really uh, taking place here especially with our roads and our, uh, our um, all our infrastructure. So we appropriated uh, close to $88 million just to work on roads, just to work on, on water supplies, just to work on anything that deals with our infrastructure. And $10.5 million already has been appropriated for uh, non, some nonprofit organizations and businesses. So we're still working with the ARP. We've got five, five years to um that money and we want to make sure we spend it wisely
0: well and that's great and and the infrastructure's probably got to be right at the top of the list i would think because of the the growth that we already have as well as the anticipated growth
1: absolutely you know it's not and it's just not roads it's drainage and storm waters and just a lot of other things that deal with it but you know, just to, to build the roads nowadays, especially with the cost of uh, the inflation that has taken place within the last couple of months, it's, it's in the millions. It's in the millions yeah. because um, just to build one one mile of a road could come out to be a couple, like $80 million because because of the fact that we have to move um, in the right of way. We have to move poles and electricity and things like that. So... You know, it's funny. I was talking with somebody the other day, and they said, "Well, you could just, you know, pour, what what is the cost to pour cement and make the road, or, or make a sidewalk, or something like that?" It's, it's a little bit more in depth uh, than that is concerned. So we have to be very, um, very uh, uh, strategic in, in how we implement this money for infrastructure.
0: The um, I, I saw where not long ago, and I don't recall if it was the county, com- uh, your collective group as a county commission, or if it was done through DOT. But it's my understanding they're going to be four laning ninety eight north uh, in the northern part of the county. Was that part of something that the county commission had a part of?
1: That's, that's probably DOT that are going okay. to be working that. That's way up north, yes. So that's not one of our roads, which we're glad because we we work hand in hand with DOT. That's one of the things that we try to let them do. No, here's some of our projects and can you help us out with that? So yeah, because that, that area said about ninety eight.
0: That area mm-hmm. there was a, a huge. I mean, it's just a problem in the form of people yes. getting impatient and and trying to pass when they shouldn't. So, exactly. Can you tell us some yeah. of the road projects that are out there that have been put forward for purposes well, of infra- yeah. infrastructure?
1: Sure, we have we have a, um, a road in old, a Wilson Road, not Old Wilson Road, Wilson Road in the Four Corners. Okay. Uh, I don't know, uh, Tony, if you ever go that route or not, but that is. You talk about uh backups that's one that's really backup and that leads right in the on the border of alceola we have uh, two road structure uh, projects that are taking place that will be taking place shortly in poinciana and um again that's a very very large growing area I'm not sure if you if you um have ever traveled that way but I have definitely yes
0: I I was astounded when I last went through there and I'm sure it's even gotten worse since then I I, and I say worse I that's just my way of putting it because I grew up over here at a time frame when there was almost nobody in that area but the idea is that it's just expanded so much over in that in that section with the Davenport Haines City and Poinciana areas that I can understand why y'all are, are definitely looking at that area to try to improve the roadways,
1: and, and we have one in, in in Lakeland right now. Also, I um, and I'm uh, for the life of me, it's just the name has just slipped my mind. But it is is expanding uh, the road, and we're also looking at Thompson Nursery Road in Winter Haven. So we're we're trying to uh, look at the whole county as a, a whole to see where it's the most, most need, but. As you already stated, Northeast is really, I mean, it's booming uh, with people moving in.
0: Well, and so that listeners understand, the county commission is primarily focused on county roads, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, That is correct. DOT would be the ones dealing with what we call state roads.
1: That is correct.
0: And so when we're talking about Highway 98 North, that's a state road. Therefore, DOT is more involved with that. Even though it was probably y'all's prompting and suggestion that they got and take a deal with it, um, but when we're talking about county roads, that would involve, like you said, Thompson Nursery and, and some of these other roads that are arteries that that are not state roads, but they're county-operated roads.
1: Yes, that's correct, and and we try. We have a, uh, every other month we have a meeting, uh, not only the commissioners but the. City uh, commissioners, we have a meeting with DOT to express some of our most concerned uh, projects that are needed, and um, so we try to work jointly with them. So they they listen to us and and take into consideration where is the most growth and what are the roads that are most yeah. needed to be worked on.
0: Now we mentioned Governor DeSantis earlier. Uh, kind of, was there something involving him and the mono? Uh, uh, colonial or monoclonal clinics?
1: Yeah, you know, at the beginning, um, you know, the, the, this, the, the our president continues and, and his whole group continue to promote masks and continue to promote um, closing down or shutting down counties and continue to promote um, the CDC guidelines, which I have no, nothing wrong with that but they don't promote um, early interventions like the monoclonal um, uh, clinics. And Governor DeSantis came out quite a bit of time stating that, uh, in fact, he went around the the state announcing the openings of monoclonal uh, clinics throughout Florida so that we can have early intervention for people that get COVID. Uh, And they have been very, very successful. And then, of course, Tony, I'm sure you have seen or heard about how Biden pulled back some of the resources or the funding for these monoclonal uh, clinics, and um, so now what they're stating is that these monoclonal clinics are not are not the the, the early intervention that is needed for the uh, omicron. Uh, I'm I'm not a medical doctor. Uh, I don't know if it is or not. I can just hear my. Citizens saying, I, I went, I got sick, I went, I got a monoclonal, I got the infusion, and 24 hours, I was fine. So, you know, we thanked Governor DeSantis for taking that stand and, and saying we want monoclonal clinics in, in Polk County. We actually sent him a letter with the commissioner signing it uh, about his stance with this.
0: Good, good. Because, you know, he needs to hear some positive feedback from time to time as opposed to the crap that he's getting out of Washington. Um, It seems like he's having to constantly battle to help the citizens of this state, and there might be some jealousy from those kind of folks up there because of how well we've done overall uh, with the approach that he's taken. Yeah,
1: well, you calculate. We didn't shut down. We, We shut down one time, and that was it. Never shut down again,
0: yeah.
1: and and we put in the monoclonal clinics to to provide interventions early. And and here we stand, one of the state's best uh, forward moving state in the United States. Yes, you're right. Jealousy is a big part of it, and it becomes a political fight, unfortunately.
0: Um, now, as part of some of the newest part of the highlights out of this, y'all have also. Um put into place and are actually building a new Northeast government center. Is that, that part of the plan?
1: That is correct. This is exciting uh, for us, uh, especially for me because I represent district four, which is the Northeast area. And as we've already spoken, the growth there is unbelievable. So if people needed to go and do any uh, governmental work, they had to come all the way into Winter Haven or go to Bartow and, and this is gonna provide a shorter distance from them. It's um it's gonna be right off of of, of Lake Alfred and Haines City. So coming down on 27 is going to be very easy for someone to get to it. And and it's 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 gonna be it's, it's gonna be a great Northeast government center, the tax collector's office. It's also gonna be in there and we may have some of the court sessions taking place in the Northeast uh, government center. So this is this is a big plus for our for our people in the north, in the central part of Portland in the northeast. I'm sorry, central part of Polk County and northeast Polk County.
0: Well, we got to go to break again, but I want to, and I'll touch on that just a little bit for you once we get back from break concerning, because I've been around a long time and we actually used to have a branch courthouse up in the Northeast area, but I'll, t- I'll hit it on it in just a minute when we come back. Okay, You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. Today we have as a special guest, Dr. Santiago, one of our county commissioners, kind of given what I would call a state of the county update, um, kind of like we'd hear for the State of the Union address from the president or from the governor. It was, I really appreciate you coming on the show, doctor.
1: <laughs> that makes me chuckle. Thank you so much. I, I didn't even think about this being connected or even, or even thought of as being a state of the county. But, so <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> well,
0: we're hitting a lot of topics and giving a lot of updates of where we're at on things. And before the break, you had talked about the new Northeast government center, believe it or not. I'm old enough, and I'm starting to date myself as to age. We used to actually have what we called a Northeast and a Southeast government center, but it was really not a center. It was more of a a courthouse. Um, In Haines City, it was an old post office that had been converted into a courthouse, um, Mm. and that was what they called the Northeast Government Center at the time. And then there was one also in Lake Wales, and it was part of a strip center down there behind uh, one of the restaurants now. But at it, 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 one point in time, it would have been um, an IHOP. That It was behind it in a strip center, and we had a, a courtroom in there along with a, a miniature clerk's office, so to speak. It did not have the full – neither of those had the full-service capabilities uh, of what you're talking about. This will be actually a, a government center set up to be localized uh, that will help facilitate a lot of those people that live up in that area without having to drive all the way to either Lakeland or Bartow.
1: Yeah, that is correct. And I do remember the Lake Wales one because I frequent that once or twice. I don't remember the Hank City one. That's very interesting to yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, this is a. a
0: I, I'm 70s really dating how old season. I am. <laughs> <laughs> That, that poor courthouse, I, that. I, I walked in there, and it was almost like church pews set up for the people to sit in inside the courtroom. Um,
1: uh, I would have loved to have seen that so I could compare it to the new one that is being, being built. But,
0: I will bet you a, this, that they, they may uh-huh. still have some photographs of that old place. Uh, if you'll get a hold of Stacy Butterfield, she may actually have some photos of that thing. Um.
1: That would, she's that our would clerk be interesting. The, yeah,
0: yeah, she's our clerk yeah. of the court. And so it'd be kind right. of cute to be able to put that comparison contrast of what used to be there versus what's there now.
1: Well, I'm going to mention that to her. But like I was saying, this is this is going to be 70,000 square feet of, wow. of space. So That's I think mammoth. it's going to be a little bit bigger than what the two or three that you mentioned, oh. You're going to combine. That, to add to this? yeah
0: that old thing up in the northeast <laughs> couldn't have been more than a, a thousand maybe 1500 square feet at max uh, yeah. what it, you're it, discussing it, now is far far bigger than the current northeast government center i would imagine that we've got that's over off of 17.
1: absolutely that one is going to close yeah um the lease is up on that so that's going to close and and uh, the new one that uh, is lake is upgraded in, in, in Hay City is going to take its place. Um, but it's it's going to have a combination of of, of, of things: uh, the uh, Polk County offices, clerk. You talk about safety, clerk of a uh, circuit court, tax collector. So it's going to be a great asset to um, the central part of Polk County and the northeast part of Polk County.
0: Um, and, and I know you've got to leave in a few minutes to go deal with, uh, another meeting that you've got at six o'clock. So I have a couple of other things I was going to touch base with you on.
1: Sure. We've got
0: the legislature that's either already meeting or getting ready to meet for this legislative session. What are some of the priorities for our county as it would relate to the legislature at this point? Well,
1: it's funny that you would even ask me about that. We just returned. I just returned from our, uh, Polk County day that was held last Wednesday and where uh, county commissioners, city commissioners, elected officials, uh, um, city managers, everybody went up there to uh, work with our legislation. As far as the county is concerned, uh, two of the top ones that we have, and you can can probably agree to this, is um, home rule. We want to make sure that... um, Anything dealing with Polk County, per se, is left up to the commissioners, just as as anything dealing with the cities, the commissioners leave it up to the city commissioners. We don't want um, legislation to dictate or legislators to dictate how we should run our county. So Home Rule is very, very important for us. And also, unmandated uh, legislation issues are, are very important because when they're unmandated, that means that they don't appropriate any monies to it. And the monies to run whatever they legislate has to come from a general um, budget, which then takes away from the other needs of of our county. So I'm gonna put, those are the two uh, top priorities that we have, uh, that we have shared with our county, with our state legislators. And then there's some other things that you've already heard of, infrastructure, because we need the help of, legislation, of our legislators to help uh, build some of these roads and, and drainage and, and, and buildings. Behavioral health, as you already know, Tony, is a big, big issue, uh, not only in Polk County, but throughout. So we need money for uh, programs to run these uh, programs. Uh, Water and, and, doctor, let me
0: let me interrupt you for just a minute. We actually have a caller calling in. Go ahead, caller. Uh, caller, go ahead.
1: Uh, yes, this question is uh, important for a lot of people here in the Winter Haven, Auburndale area. When are you planning on closing the Highway 17 campus?
0: Good Were you able to hear that, doctor?
1: Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, and we we don't have a uh, date yet set for the. You're talking. He's talking about the government center in Seventeen. Yes, correct. I'm, I'm, yes. Yes. We don't have a date for that yet. We're still under construction with the other uh, building um, between Lake Alfred and Haines City, but um, definitely you will uh, citizens will be notified when that happens. So um, we'll we'll let you know. Right now, we're we're not even that close to it. Okay, thank you for taking my
0: call. And thank you for calling sure. in. And that—that's a, that's a great question. I should have asked myself on that one as to when that closure would occur, but I, I'm assuming we're talking at least a year to two years out probably, isn't it?
1: Uh, no, it's not. It's not two years by all means because if you go by there, which I recommend that you do as see it, it's pretty well um, coming to closure. But I, I still think we have a good – six to to one year left because, you know, the outside always looks good and then they have to work in the inside. I got you. So we're probably looking to six to 12 months, but um, I I am sure that we will be notifying everybody as much as we possibly can when that closure will take place.
0: Well, and and like you said, there's a lot of interior work that's got to occur, especially if there's going to be a clerk's office in there. They're going to have to have all of their uh, computer logistics kind of set up, plus tax collectors are going to have the same issues. They're going to need all yeah. of their computer yeah. uh, logistical-type yeah. issues taken care of. I, I probably overspoke when I said two years. I just understand what some of the problems and challenges facing construction are right now. Uh, but it sounds like maybe they're a lot further along on the overall shelf con- construction on the outside, which would then put them closer to an overall completion date. And, and that's what we're hoping for.
1: For at least a six months to a year, completion day because of what you said the interior always takes longer um to take care of than the exterior
0: well dr santiago i really appreciate you being on the show today and thank you for the update as it relates to the county and sometime down the road six months a year out we'll probably have you back on just to kind of give another update if that's okay
1: well again thank you to you and for having me here it's always a pleasure to be able to share information about our county Uh, to our citizens and I do encourage people to take a look at PGTV because we always have lots of information there and the county website um, also is a good source for finding out or staying up to date what's going on in the county but thank you Tony Dodd for the time that you allowed me to share with the citizens.
0: No problem and thank you for coming on. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to The Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney in Lakeland. To call in the show, the number is 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. My office is conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland. The caller had a great question about when this transition was going to occur, um, and that that truly is on point on something like that is Apparently they're further along with the actual building than I had originally thought was going to be the case. Uh, It will be interesting to see if they can get it done during that time frame. Maybe they will. Um, It's just because of the building industry, like it is right now, especially with residential construction. It, I can't. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around them being able to get it done that quickly, especially a seventy thousand square foot. Uh, facility but maybe they can and that would be awesome if they can and that area of the county is got to be the fastest growing area uh, of the entire county because it had so much room to grow into to begin with and it is located near I-4 for purposes of a feeder into Osceola, Disney, Orlando. A lot of those folks over in that area or even Claremont they live in that area and commute to their employment, and it's so easy using either 27 or I-4. And I say it's easy. That's an oxymoron trying to say, I-4 is an easy drive. I absolutely refuse to get on I-4 unless I have to, to go anywhere. Uh, If I'm going over to Tampa or Clearwater, especially Clearwater, I will take I-4 because I have to. If I'm going to Tampa, a lot of times I take take, uh, 60, State Road 60. And yet people go, well, there's all kinds of red lights. Well, yeah, there is but I'm still not having to put up with getting hit on the way through there. It is that much traffic over and through there. And I-4 is listed as one of the most dangerous highways in the country uh, because of the vast amount of growth that has occurred uh, during the last 10 years. And I just saw a, a notation on Facebook from the Sheriff's Department about how many proactive steps they're taking at least on the Polk County stretch of I-4 to try to keep people's driving under control and to, uh, I hate to use the word target, but to try to slow down and, and get people to understand that are doing things that are, they're not supposed to be uh, and how many tickets they had handed out last year uh, at, to try to be able to get that area of I-4 under control. But, yeah, with I-4, it's an instant feeder over into the Siena and into Osceola and Orange Counties. Uh, also, 92 is another feeder that you can drive if you needed to or wanted to to go down through that way. But with the amount of traffic on it anymore, it has become difficult to use it to be able to get around over in that area. So I understand why they're putting a, a government center there. It will facilitate a lot of different um, – transactions. It'll take some of the pressure off of the Lakeland Center uh, as far as the tax collector goes, and it'll take some uh, pressure off of the Bartow office as well by having that big of a facility over in those areas. I thought I'd take the last portion of the program today to, and a lot of people have heard me, I don't want to use the word gripe, but talk about clients and and how they interact with their attorneys. And I, I wanted to hit this again today because it is something that has devolved over time. I'd say evolved, but that's just not... It's it's the opposite. People do not seem to understand how to deal with attorneys. And I try to get my clients to understand that we are professionals in what we do, much like a doctor is their medical professional, we are their legal professional. And... While clients ultimately and in our, our profession clients get to make the ultimate final decision on how they want to proceed with their case, whether it be to go to final hearing in a, in a family law hearing or a family law setting or to a jury trial in a criminal setting. I understand that and I, I'm a strong advocate of that position, but there's a reason that a client hires an attorney and that is to get the advice and the representation of that attorney. And when clients do the exact opposite or want to do the exact opposite of what the attorney in their professional opinion believes that the client should do, that is the client's problem at that point, not the attorney's. Because when I, I suggest to a client a course of action, and it's what I believe they should do based on their circumstances, whether it be in a family law case or in a criminal case, And they decide, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. They're doing so against my advice. That would be like going to your doctor and the doctor diagnosing you with, say, I'll say skin cancer. And the doctor says, we need to remove this uh, and treat it or you're going to ultimately have a much bigger problem and you could potentially even die from this. And the client looking at the doctor and going, nah, I think I'm just going to leave it alone. It, it, it's really not bothering me, so we're just going to leave it there. Well, that's just stupid, okay? While I understand doctors can make mistakes and be wrong on things, that doesn't mean that they are not giving you their best advice under the circumstances. And if you leave a cancerous, uh, for lack of a word, better word, mole on your skin that they're telling you to remove, you're basically putting yourself into a position of dying from it. Well, there's times within the legal profession where if I'm asking you or suggesting to you a certain course of action on a case, and that might be that you take a negotiated plea offer that's been put forth that, that we've worked on to get it to a certain point, or in a family law case, it, should be, it could be a settlement of that particular case, Uh, that is actually very much to the client's benefit. But for some reason, they don't see that benefit or they want more than what is a good deal. Well, sometimes the client's right, but not very often because there's a reason that people have hired the attorney to begin with. It's to give them advice and a course of action that they should take in order to get the best resolution under the circumstances. So... Don't come to us afterwards and don't suggest to us afterwards as attorneys, and I'm saying this on behalf of the whole legal profession, I don't like what you did on my case when the client's the one that chose that course or direction that was probably against the advice of the attorney. In other words, if an attorney suggests a course of action to you and you decide not to do it and then you have an adverse ruling because you chose not to follow the advice, don't blame the lawyer, much like you should not blame the doctor if you end up with some sort of advanced cancer problem because you didn't do what the doctor told you was the best way to handle that. That doesn't mean that we can't be wrong and that you might be right in something in the way you did it. It happens. It's occasionally that way. When we are giving our advice to you, It is generally because of the years that we've done it, the numbers of cases that we've handled, and what we've seen that worked and didn't work. Uh, And even with jury trials, as I've mentioned before, there's the added factors of we have the unknowns that we cannot control, which includes what type of juror might be down there on a given day for purposes of jury selection. So there's there's so many factors that go into this. If you choose not to go through with the course of action that the attorney is telling you to take or that you're suggesting that you should take, at least seek a second opinion. Now, I don't always advocate for that because not all attorneys will agree either. And you may get a lousy lawyer on the second shot telling you the wrong thing. They may be telling you what you want to hear just so they can get you to pay them money. So you've got to be careful with that. But there's a reason that you hire the lawyer to begin with. You should be listening to what the lawyer tells you. If you know it's patently wrong, then seek somebody else out. But otherwise, there's a good reason that you should follow the advice of that lawyer. It's because they've got the training experience and you personally believe that they were the person you should hire to begin with. Don't just go hire somebody because they tell you what you want to hear. I One of the first things I will tell a client is, I'm blunt, you may not like what you hear come out of my mouth, but it's going to be at least what I believe is the appropriate means by which to handle it, and I will tell you what the loss is as it would relate to the issues of the case. That way you can make an informed decision as to which path you'd like to take. It has been a pleasure talking to you today. I again want to thank Dr. Santiago for being on the show. And you've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM.